Hey, Jer, see you tomorrow? Not if we don't act soon, Alex. That's the message radiating off Assistant Professor Lauren Beckingham, only the third NSF Early Career Award winner in the Department of Civil Engineering's history. Yes, sirree. She's the next up on Hashtag Getting. Capturing carbon dioxide and capturing your attention. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Welcome, dear listener, to the greatest podcast at all of higher education, Hashtag Getting, brought to you by the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering, Auburn University, Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing. Hey, speaking of, I'm a communications specialist in said office, joined by my co-host, Austin Phillips, acting director acting. of aforementioned office. And we are joined today by Lauren Beckingham, which is a name I love. It's a good name, by the way. Sounds Rolls famous. off the tongue. Yeah, Beckingham. That's a good name. Uh, assistant professor in civil engineering here at the uh, college. Now, what is this environmental in parentheses? What does that mean? Uh, so my specialty is in environmental engineering. It's uh, sometimes it's a separate field, but also a subset of civil engineering, at least historically. It's evolved into be a lot of different things now. So are, are we, I, I talked with Andy Novak, our, our department chair yesterday. So are we moving toward possibly, you know, making the department civil and environmental? Um, I think that would be a great step for our department, um, right. whether we go there, but I, I think it's something I would definitely support. And I, especially with there's so many emerging new challenges where we're going to need more environmental engineers to help figure out how we can solve some of these challenging problems. Well, that's exciting. I mean, we've done things that we used to have just industrial engineering and now it's industrial and systems. We used to just have electrical and now it's electrical and computer. So it makes sense. So that. Maybe be on the lookout for I that. Know. I think the biosystems people might feel a little, uh, you know, get off our a turf, little, as it were. A little different. So, how would I'm you explain? How would you explain the difference of biosystems engineering and environmental engineering? Sure. So there are some definitely some overlaps. I think of biosystem um, applying more to agricultural systems, at least historically. Civil engineering, um, the branch of environmental, anyways, used to be was developed for water and wastewater treatment. Now we've expanded and we think a lot about contaminant transport or even like renewable energy. And um, so that's my specialty, energy and the environment. Do you ever get dirty looks for them by chance? Like when you. No. Walk by, what's the. Walk by Corley. Yeah, Corley. Yeah. yeah. No, we're, we're all working towards towards very similar things. It's yeah, a high, supportive high environment. Races, all boats, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. Why, what, what is the deal? Why? Are we, what's so bad about carbon dioxide? I mean, it's in me right now, right? I'm breathing <laughs> it out. Why are you so obsessed? What is the problem here with this? So the problem is, is that we have changed the natural carbon cycle by taking carbon that was stored and burning it for fossil fuels. And so we have drastically increased the CO2 emissions. And CO2 is a major greenhouse gas and driver for climate change. And so that, that is the problem. That so what, what, what does it do? I mean, I'm thinking back to fifth grade and the weekly reader <laughs> and everything, right? But like, what does it do? I mean, you see the graphs and everything. Oh, it blah, but, but what actually is the, the mechanism for, that is so damaging? Sure. So we are trapping more heat near the Earth's surface. So 
Um, as you increase the amount of greenhouse gases, you reduce the number, or I guess the extent of radiation that will go back into space. And so that results in, in warming of the planet. Radiation. So we're trapping the radiation. Yes. That's what it is. Yes. So it's not escaping. Right. So the radiation is what's doing the warming. Yes. Huh. Well, and part part of your work in one of the pair projects that was one of the presidential uh, awards that we had just a year or two ago is capturing some of this CO2. Talk about your work and what exactly it is you're doing. Sure. So we uh, produce CO2 from a lot of different things, and a predominant source are point sources that are used to produce energy. So we are trying to think about, is there something else we can do with this resource? So can we use it for um, some productive purpose? So to produce some new kinds of fuels or materials, can we use it to actually help us get more energy? So like enhanced oil recovery or enhanced geothermal, or maybe there's some things we haven't even thought about yet. Um, I just was reading yesterday, we were thinking about using CO2 instead of water in power plants, which is going to be really important as our water stress is supposed to increase in the near future. How would we be doing that? CO2 instead of water? Yes. Yeah, actually, so some of the properties of CO2, it behaves differently than water in some of these systems. So um, specifically, like in the subsurface systems, which are my expertise, CO2 can actually um, increase the amount of oil you're producing, for example, because it's going to mix with the oil versus water that does not mix. So you can get a lot of residual oil that right now we're leaving behind. Um, also, like in a geothermal system, you can actually have increased energy uh, production because it has a higher heat capacity than water. So it's actually more favorable to use than, than water in these systems. How do you get passionate and get involved in thinking about things like this? I'm just trying to think about what I'm trying to have for lunch. Mm. And, and, you're, well, and you're solving these world well, problems. Of, of, uh, when I'm standing next to a tree, I'm always, you know, contemplating the relationship. Right. Like, breathe, <laughs> in, breathe in, breathe in on it, out. and yeah. then imagining that kind of thing. If so, I catch you out there breathing on a tree. Oh, I'm a tree breather, a, man. <laughs> I, breathe, I breathe on all kind of trees. You have no idea. <laughs> How did you become passionate about this? Um, I guess, like, I, I was thinking about this, and I guess my, my interest started actually when I was really little. I had to save the Earth Club for, like, the neighborhood kids. I kind of forgot about that until I went to college and started taking some classes and the environmental classes were the most challenging ones I had taken because you are having to put together um, like math and calculus, but also chemistry and physics and biology. And I just found that really challenging, but also really inspirational. So the fact that I, I could do something using um, science and math that would have a positive change, not only for my, my life, but for other people was, was really motivating to me. What were the membership requirements for the Earth Club? <laughs> I think we would like watch some videos about like recycling. <laughs> Anti litter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Have you ever been told you look like somebody famous? Uh, Do you ever get this? When I was in college, yeah, actually. Well, who was it? Julia Stiles. Oh, I, I think a little bit. Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> ah, that's a good I don't one. Know about that. <laughs> oh, that's a good there's one. Something, there's something in the, the so. eyes or the mouth. There's something going on there. Anyway. Well, so, uh, yeah, in terms of the, uh, the, all the capturing of the carbon dioxide, so there was a, a video we put out a couple of years ago by this guy here, Marcus Klutz, who I forgot to credit over here, well, and else. Alex Camberlingo, old keys. My goodness, I feel horrible. Uh, AKA chopped liver. Chopped. <laughs> <laughs> They're just here doing the Muay technical Thai expert stuff, yeah. and up and coming vlogger. Uh, but they were talking. You were talking about the, uh, I guess the, I don't even know the name of the, the little group that y'all had like around the table that was thinking about this and and maybe even bringing or, or creating, establishing. I don't know what the term is in terms of the, I don't know all the the paperwork of getting something set up. But this uh, a group dedicated to solving this problem, this grand 
challenge, right? Is how what's the status on that? Yeah, so you're still meeting. We are still meeting. This is part of our our pair project. So we have faculty. Um, initially, we were in three different departments. We have a couple people from two other departments now. Uh, assistant professors and full professors. Our backgrounds are pretty varied. Everything from engineers to geologists. Um, we, you know, there are, are many different ways you can. E- reuse CO2. And so we have to have this interdisciplinary approach. Um, So, you know, the Southeast is also an interesting region because we have more industry, industrial activity coming to the Southeast. So what we want to do is um, establish ourselves as a resource for these industrial facilities, but also um, for the the greater, greater good in the greater world as, as well as a place where, like, say that you're are one of these new industries and you want to figure out what can I do with this this waste product instead of letting it go into the atmosphere? Is there something productive I, I can do with it? So we we want to have that expertise and, and resource here. So we're we're working not only at Auburn, but also to network with others at other regional institutions uh, to see if we can come up with something bigger. Like So what's the best bet for the reuse? Like what what's what what's your money on in terms of like, you know, how to best reuse it? Or or you know, the most what am I trying to say? The, the 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 best chance for like really finding an extra use for this, an additional thing. Yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm sort of biased because my you my work biased. is on. The, <laughs> I think there's great potential in new materials and new fuels. Um, I personally am on the geologic side, so I think that you know we should be using CO2 to enhance soil recovery. We should be using it for enhanced geothermal energy. We should be using it instead of water for hydraulic fracturing. I think that all of these places that we are using water to produce energy in geologic formations, we could be using CO2, and that would actually probably be more efficient, and we um, would end up producing more energy. That's just, that's awesome to me that, I mean, that we're, we're working on this, that we're thinking about doing things like this. Your education, uh, got your bachelor's in environmental engineering, Michigan Tech, and then went to a little place called Princeton um, to get your higher education. Why? Yeah, <laughs> apparently it's somewhere up north. It's one of those Ivy something. I don't know. Um, why Auburn? Why, why come here? Yeah, I think it's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, we looked at a lot of different places and maybe you already know this, but uh, my husband and I are both faculty. So we were looking for something that would work out well for both of us, which is pretty challenging. Um, so we looked for some time. We were lucky enough to find postdocs at the same place. Um, and I think actually, you know, maybe I didn't know what I was getting myself into at Auburn because my my enthusiasm about Auburn has really grown so much since I've gotten here. So there's so much good energy, lots of lots of new people, um, but also like really interesting regional opportunities. So I'd actually never been to the South before I visited Auburn. Um, so I was slightly scared of what that meant. Um, what do you think? What'd you, what'd yeah, you, what'd that, give you us expect? some of those preconceived notions. A friend of mine from in middle school was like dirt roads. He thought yeah, we weren't <laughs> going to be wearing shoes. What do you, what do you mean? Well, for one thing, I thought that everyone ha- would have Southern accents, and that was really surprising to me that there are not more Southern accents in Alabama. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't sound <laughs> anything like that. I don't know. Have you heard? I sound like the Charlie Brown teacher. <laughs> I thought they'd be stronger, I guess. <laughs> and <we're>, <laughs> I can twang it up if you name me to. <laughs> no, that's more of what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I mean, like you just I think when you're um, new to a region, right, sometimes you don't hear all the positive things. And I think that since I've I've been here, I've really learned a lot of those positive aspects that are not making um, maybe the national news. You just hear about the, the less positive thing. Yeah. And we and we talk about it on the student front that if we can get you here uh, and get you on campus, most time we can we can recruit you and get you to come here. So I guess that, that's pretty similar for the faculty 
parts yeah. as well. Yeah, and I think um, one thing that's really unique about Auburn, at least in my experience, is, is how uh, passionate the alumni are. So I haven't haven't um, felt that same kind of passion from any other school that I've, I've really interacted with. Uh, well, I mean, there are passionate alumni, but I, I guess uh, just willing to even like accept me into the, the Auburn family, not not being an Auburn alumni, has been um, such a great experience. So your husband's a faculty member in chemical. Yep. So the real question is, who is smarter? <laughs> Actually, I, I initially liked him because I thought he was one of the smartest people I'd ever met. So I, I will leave it with that answer. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right. But what's he doing with his life, though? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's he capturing? Yeah. What's he capturing? Actually, what's he on? yeah, he's part of our, our, he's our part center. Of yep. So he's he is um, trying to make new fuels out of, out of CO2 and looking at how we can use it to um, treat water and desalinate water and things like that. So. Okay. You were recently awarded a uh, National Science Foundation Early Career Award, yeah. only the third in the history of the Civil Engineering Department. Very uh, illustrious award, especially for this part in your career. Uh, just talk about how uh, rewarding that has been to, to be recognized for that work that you're doing. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I am really just still amazed and, and honored. Um, when I found out, I, I couldn't believe it. It was a long, a long waiting period, and you know, everyone else had gotten their their rejections, and I still hadn't heard anything. Um, you know, I, I, I always wanted to be a faculty member, and I just kind of thought, well, we'll try this out and, and see if it if it works. And so I feel like uh, for me, you know, having uh, get get this award is a, a good sign that I'm maybe going in the right direction with what I what I should be doing. And um, and so I just and now now I think our, our challenge is to to really make a a big difference with the work we do with that that um, award. But something else, our department of uh, civil engineering, you know, a big part of our, our push as a college, uh, diversity, students, inclusion, students, but as what well, that transitions over to faculty as well. Uh, just five years ago, I don't believe we had any or maybe one uh, female faculty member in civil, and now we have, what, three, four? Yeah, um, so we've triple, quadruple, you know, in, in that amount of time. Um, talk about how important that is that our faculty is diversifying and we're adding more uh, female faculty members, underrepresented faculty members uh, to our staff. Sure. So, um, you know, thinking about it from a student perspective, if you or even, even like a K through 12, if, if you don't see people out in the world who look like you doing these kinds of jobs, you think that that is, is only a position for a certain kind of person. Um, and, and so having more uh, diversity in these leadership positions, whether it's faculty or even higher leadership positions, is really important. Um, you know, also people have really different viewpoints and, and motivations and backgrounds, and having diversity at that level can also make things stronger. So these are, are really complicated problems that we're dealing with, and we need people with different backgrounds. Um, and so definitely having the faculty with a you know, diverse backgrounds um, is really important. And I've had some students uh, come up and tell me how meaningful they thought it was that they would finally have like their first female professor in a, in a class. So that's yeah, cause great. You go back and, you know, we, we talked to um, Melissa Hurt, people like that, that are civil grads, uh, Nelda Lee, Aerospace, you know, and they, uh, half the time they went through these classes, not only without a female faculty member, there were no female students in their class. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really feel this is a big deal for our college. Yeah. Recently, you know, we, we, we talk about the, the climate crisis and everything, right? So that's like a thing, obviously, in the news lately. Greta, the 16-year-old Swedish young woman. Uh, what's her last name? Thunberg? Yeah, something, something like, like that. that, right? So, you know, she gets in front of, like, the United Nations. And 
obviously presents or or the the message is is one of genuine crisis, like in her voice and everything. Is it as dire as some people do you think are making out? Like, do we have ten years? Are we done? We need to act now. We don't have time. We have to be making changes now. Um, at this point, something, you know, the warming is going to continue. It's, it's a more of a question of, of how much warming are we going to have? And the extent of adverse impacts is really closely tied to that. How much warming are we going to have? So we cannot wait 10 years. We cannot wait 20 years. We have to make changes right now. Um, you know, we're already seeing adverse effects. We're seeing more frequent, more increased storms, um, like last year here on the Gulf Coast, we had that huge hurricane and that hasn't happened in a very long time. And so we can expect more of that uh, to happen. So instead of asking ourselves, how much time do we have? We need to start asking, how can we make the most uh, efficient changes right now? We have a lot of technologies that we can use and we really need to start investing in those technologies and, and making those changes. Uh, kind of going back to my question before then, too, um, I mentioned your NSF early career. On top of that, you have some other news uh, where we have an NSF MRI award. Uh, you and Marta Militech working on that from Civil, uh, then in addition Maria Wide, um, NEMA. And, you know, we, we, we've got a whole group. Uh, just a, another big award from NSF that we're working on. Talk about that project. Sure. So this instrument is really exciting. Um, so until recently, if you wanted to understand small materials at a really high resolution, so think uh, like a micron scale or hundreds of nanometers, you would have to go to a synchrotron. There are only a few of these facilities in the country and time is shared among everyone. So the instrument that we uh, received this NSF grant for will allow us to purchase a nano CT. So this is going to be used for really high resolution imaging of 3D materials. So we're going to be able to understand materials in a way that we never have before. Um, you can also look at much larger samples than you can at a synchrotron. So synchrotrons are limited and you have to have a really small size sample. But some of the, the things we want to know about are, are not small. They are too large. Uh, so this is going to really transform our understanding of these materials, um, but also we'll be able to do some really cool in-situ experiments and see how materials are changing. So for me, um, I can see how um, material will be changing if I inject CO2 in a, a saline aquifer to, to store it there permanently. I can get um, time-lapse images of this geologic formation as it's evolving and see how are the properties going to be changing. Is this a good idea? How, what are the risks of, of using the geologic surface in this, this way? Um, and also really exciting opportunities for the other folks you mentioned as well in, in additive and, and biomedical and materials research where we can do some like compression testing in situ or look at temperature responses. Um, so this is really going to be a, a really unique piece of equipment that will um, give us all kinds of new capabilities. So just in the last nine months, you you pulled in about $1.2 million worth of research. So what can we count for you for next year? About three? Is, is that what we're going to shoot for? We, we are working on it. And <laughs> You're not signing anything right now. No. Okay, I got you. I got you. I got to ask about this necklace. It's I've been hypnotized. Understand. What, what is the story here? I mean, it's just like a, it seems like something... Is there a story to it? No, there, there's not. I hate to disappoint you. <laughs> there's nothing. Let's make it. Let's just come up with it. <laughs> it stores carbon dioxide. <laughs> it's captured it, it, is the, it is the crystals it that is the are crystals. getting this done. <laughs> can't we just break the stuff cool. down? Why can't we just like grab it, put it in a, a bag, 
and then you just put it through the carbon dioxide breaker downer machine, right? You got, <laughs> that's what carbon dioxide is, right? You got carbon and then two oxygen. Then what that means, I think I remember that from chemistry. Something you know, like that. And then H2O, right? It's a hydrogen and then, and then oxygen, right? It's a, O is in the water. And then the, we're can't just we replacing just break, the C with the, replacing we, the H with the C. Yeah, so well, why can't we just, why can't we just break it down? Well, we are transforming it into new kinds of materials. Um, some of the things I didn't mention, right, is we're transforming it into building materials. Uh, we can rethink the way we're producing cement, which also produces a lot of CO2. So uh, right. we are transforming it into something else. Into <laughs> cement? Yeah. So tell me, tell me what that is. So um, in my mind, there's this stuff floating around right mm-hmm. now, right? <sighs> right? <laughs> and so you could take that and make cement from it? Well, is, actually, is that what we're talking about? so no, actually, um, cement production produces a lot of CO2. So oh, we need a way, it. yeah, we need a way to, to have it oh, produce no, you, less. I was like, I'm like, how are we making oh. this, this cement? <laughs> so dur- pretty, during the process, it's making it or it's once you've made it, it's emitting it? So that that process emits it. There actually, I saw um, our visitor was here last week from University of Michigan, and they're doing some work with, with cement trying to see how much CO2 they can have it uptake as it cures. So there are lots of possibilities be, way beyond anything, um, everything. I, I can't cover them all today, but there are lots of options. What if we found just a way to get the radiation and to shoot it out of the world? <laughs> so we could keep, like, the CO2 could still be everywhere, but we could just get rid of the radiation somehow. Would we still be okay? Is the CO2 bad in and of itself? Or just what it does with the Or just the, the amount that we have of it now. That's so emitted. because we're having uh, increase in the, the radiation that's staying near the surface, so you need, we are, have reduced the amount that is being reflected into space. You got it, Jeremy? <laughs> got it. Yeah, I figured you did. Awesome. Lauren, thanks so much for joining us. This yep. has been great. Really appreciate it. Obviously, educational. You can tell how stupid we are. <laughs> so this has been, I mean, even if this never even airs, I mean, this is great for us. Well, and, personally. Uh, I mean, we've said you were full of hot air for a long okay, time. There we so go. We, I was about to say, let's Perfect. start capturing some a of what Jeremy's got. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I do want to say, Lauren, you have been an unbelievable superstar since you've joined this uh, faculty and this college. And we hope to have you around for a long time. And hopefully, let's look up in a year and have you back on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. War Eagle. War Eagle.